Well, good morning, Cathedral of Faith. Woohoo! Isn't it a great day to be in the house of the Lord? Are you fired up? Are you powered up? Come on, somebody, let us get up and worship the Lord today. Jesus said in his word that whom I have set free is free indeed. So Pastor Vaughn and the worship team is going to come and lead you in a song called Freedom. Good morning, Cathedral of Faith. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's put our hands together. Let's worship the Lord today. Jesus' name, life made whole, hearts awake at the 
Jesus, we exalt your name. Hallelujah. Boy, the psalmist in Psalm 32 says this, count yourself lucky, how happy you must be. You get a fresh start and your slate is wiped clean. Can somebody say amen to that? A fresh start today. Count yourself lucky God holds nothing against you and you're holding nothing back from him. Well, we've come to celebrate the goodness of God because God is good and all the time. And I invite you to say the prayer with me that Jesus taught us to pray. It's the most important prayer we'll ever pray. Let's say it together. Mean it with all your heart. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and forever. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, it is so good to see you. Wherever you're at, on campus, here in the building, out in the amphitheater, those in the drive-in, and all of our online community. We are so glad that you're here today. You've created a space for God to come and meet you in this moment. And boy, what a powerful service we had in the early service. And I know that God has something special for you today. So put yourself in position to receive. I'm ready. Say that with me. I'm Before you're seated, turn to somebody and tell them, I'm ready. Go ahead. I'm ready for what God has for me today. I'm ready. My goodness, so good to see you. Again, thanks so much for, for joining us wherever you're at. Thank you for linking in with us for today's worship service. And if you're a, a newcomer here at Cathedral, you can see a, well, a QR code up on the screen if you scan that with your phone. We'll help you to connect up with resources uh, for our newcomers. Thank you for being with us. Make yourself at home. You are our very special guest, and you are in your Heavenly Father's house. Well, this next month, we've got some exciting things coming up. We've got a new series starting next weekend. Then we've got the Super Bowl two weeks after that. And I know the 49ers will be playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, right? I know. I just want to say I'm not a prophet, but I just signed Niner and Chief jerseys out here today. So... We're cheering you on. But two weeks after that, we're going to have the Super Bowl of Marriage Conferences right here at Cathedral of Faith. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And I want you to hear from one of the couples that are going to be joining with us. They have such a powerful story that I know will inspire you. Listen to a bit of Jay and Catherine's story. Often part of our disenchantment is we think, this isn't what I signed up for. Um, even in our own marriage, Catherine's brain had this abnormality in it. She had no idea, but it was there on our wedding day. She had had it her whole life. And it finally, when she was 26 and we'd been married several years, ruptured and exploded. Um, you know, in a way, I married that problem, even though we didn't even know she had it. And 
yet all marriages are similar, really, because you are marrying a person and a problem and a future story that you don't know what that looks like. Yeah. And um, the question is, are you gonna still show up to learn to love this new person that you find yourself with? What was the final prognosis? Oh, the final prognosis is pretty amazing, if you can't tell, that <laughs> life goes on. Yeah. That you overcome the darkness, that light always overcomes darkness in the end. Here I am, 26 years old, a new mother, I mean, barely out of the newlywed phase of life. And now I'm being told, like, essentially your life is shot, it's over, and there's no hope kind of thing. And the reality is, I knew on a deep level that they were right. We all have brokenness, don't we? And it's where do we go with that? And what do we do with that? And how do we get out of bed after everything falls apart? This commitment thing is not a one-way street. Oh, I knew. Catherine yeah. gets to enter in to my mess. No joke. By the way, I'm not a hero for staying. Yeah, she does. I'm a mess, too. They didn't think I'd do 10,000 things that I am doing. So I'm kind of like a case study for hope. Amen. A case study for hope. I love that. They'll be one of the speakers, and it's going to be an amazing conference. You can find out more information right after service in the lobby about the conference, and we've got lots of options. You can be in the building, outside, in the amphitheater. You can watch it from your car in the parking lot. Or we even have an online option so you can register for that conference today. Well, as we prepare to give, I want to take a moment. And can we give God thanks for his provision in our lives? That We've had food to eat. We have clothes to wear. God has been so good to us. And, and every time we give, whether we give online or whether we give through our app or through the text, or whether we give after service. I was thinking last night what we declare every time I give. Have you noticed what it says on your money? In God we trust. Say that with me. In God we trust. Say it one more time. In God we trust. I think that was first put on coins back in the 1860s, and then it was put on our cash in the 1950s. And it was a declaration that our dependency ultimately is on God. And I thought every time I give in the offering, I'm making that declaration that it's in God that I put my trust, that God is my source and I'm putting my trust in him. So as we give today, let's make that declaration. Father, thank you. We recognize everything good in our lives has come from your hand. And we just declare today as, as we give, however we give, Lord, we declare today that our confidence is not ultimately in ourselves. Our confidence is in you. Our confidence is not ultimately in the economy. Our confidence is in you. Our confidence is not ultimately in our corporation. Our confidence is in you. It's in God that we trust. Bless your people. Make them a blessing in the days ahead. In every way, we declare this all God's people said, amen. amen. Well, all this month, we've been in this series called Power Up. Power Up. Say that with me. Power Up. And Dr. Wayne has an amazing message. Boy, I hope you have put yourself in position to receive. 
because God wants to do something in every one of our hearts today. Pastor Wayne, come and wrap things up with Power Up. I have a confession to make. Have you ever had one of those moments in your life when you said, what was I thinking? Am I the only one? Well, I went through my major growth spurt between age 11 and 12. At age 12, I was the same height I am now. I had a 32-inch inseam. I wore a size 9 shoe. And for years, I wasn't into shopping. So whenever my mom or dad or later my wife would go, I'd say, hey, yeah, just pick me up a size 9. My dress shoes were 9s. My... Gym shoes were nines. I'm a size nine guy. Well, when I turned 40, I took up running. And I wanted to run my first marathon. So I read in Runner's World magazine, what you should do is you should go down to a running store, have them fit you, and find just the right shoes so you can have a maximum optimal experience while running. So I did that. I went down to the running shoe store, and I told the guy, hey, I'm starting to run. I'm going to do a marathon this year. I need some shoes. And I said, I wear size nine. He says, well, let me fit you. And I'm like, no, 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 you know, I've worn size nine for 18 years. He's like, no, no, let me fit you. And I'm like, oh, come on. He's like, okay. So he took out the foot measuring device, put my foot in it, and he looked at me and said, you don't wear a nine. I'm like, I've worn a nine for two decades. What do you mean I don't wear a nine? He's like, no, you don't wear a nine. I'm like, well, what do I wear? And he says, you wear an 11 and a half. I'm like, what? No, that can't be. And he said, no, look. And I'm like, wow, it's 11 and a half. So he went and brought me some shoes. Oh, my gosh. I, I was running around, jumping up and down. I was like, is this what shoes are supposed to feel like? This is amazing. I had been wearing a size 9 for the last 18 years, and I really wear an 11 and a half. But then I started to ask this question. What else am I settling for? And that's really the question of the Holy Spirit today for us. Where are we settling for less? Because you know what happens when we settle for less? Do you know what we get? Less. But I believe God wants to increase our expectations. You know, it was hard to believe that for years I was settling for this when I really needed something more. And I believe some of us are settling for less than God has for us. And my prayer is that by the time we finish this service, the power of the Holy Spirit will help you be strengthened and energized so that you'll stop settling for less than what God has for you. And that's why the title of the message is this, Power Up by the Spirit. Say that with me. Power Up by the Spirit. Let's all stand together. And before we look at the Word of the Lord, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about the last days of Jesus. In the very end of Matthew, in the very end of Mark, the last words we have of Jesus are this. Go into the whole world. Jesus says, Jesus says, go make disciples. He says, go reach the nations. He says, go baptize. He says, go fulfill your destiny. So when Jesus says that, what should we do? Well, maybe not so fast. Because... Right after he says, go to all the nations, look what he says next. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Do not leave Jerusalem. He just said, go to all the nations. What? 
He says, don't leave Jerusalem, Jesus said. Wait for the gift my father promised. You've heard me talk about it, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So here's what we know as followers of Jesus. When Jesus says, go, first thing we do is wait. Why? This isn't about some new age cycle babble to be the best you can be. I'm enough. I can do this. Come on, let me go. I can do it. No. The minute God says go, he also says, wait. You can't do this without me. In fact, that passage really summarized this way. We can't go in our own power. We must wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's say that together. We can't go in our own power. We must wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know, honestly, I struggle with this. When Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. I know you guys. You're talented. You're hardworking. You're creative. You're a genius. You've got lots of energy. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. When I say go, that doesn't mean go. That means wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Wait for the power of the Spirit. Again, he says, go to all nations, but he says, don't leave Jerusalem, wait. It doesn't make sense to us because we're like, come on, let me go, let me, I can do this, I can do this, I've prepared all my life, I'm ready to get. But the power of the Holy Spirit is what keeps us from settling for a size nine life. The power of the Holy Spirit is what keeps us from just doing it in our own power, in our own might, in our own ability. And that's why in the next verse, after he says, wait, Jesus goes on to say this in Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Again, let's say that together. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Let's say it one more time, but let's put I and me in there. Let's go. I will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on me. And Lord, I pray that would happen today. Some of us have been trying so hard in our own might, in our own power, in our own ability. We've been giving it all we can. We've been trying to be our best. We've been trying to work smarter and work harder. We've been trying to do all these things. But Lord, we recognize without the power of the Spirit, it doesn't happen. And Lord, open up our eyes to where we may be settling for less than you have for us. Open up our eyes to the more power, the more strength, the more grace, the more purpose you have for us. We thank you for that. I look forward to what's going to happen by the time we leave this place. Lord, for those in the car, those watching online, those in the empathy, those of us all around campus here in the sanctuary, you are promising more power right now. And I pray that you would help us to power up in the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So here's what I want you to do. Before you're seated, turn to somebody next to you, flex your muscles, say, I'm going to leave here with more power. Amen. You know, I just need to tell you up front, I hope you're ready for something right now. I walked through here and prayed over every single chair in this building this morning. Because I believe God has something for you personally. And far more important, far more important than anything I have to say is what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you. So may he give you ears to hear what the Spirit's saying. Let's go back to our text from Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Here's the promise that Jesus gave to the disciples and to us. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now let me go and give you a little bit of background about this passage of Scripture. This is spoken to the disciples, including Peter... 
as they were waiting for God's work in their life. Now let me tell you a little bit about the context of this guy named Peter who heard this command by Jesus. Here's what Peter was like before the Holy Spirit came upon him. He served in his own strength. I mean, one minute he's walking water, the next minute he's sinking. One minute he's saying, Jesus, I'll follow you anywhere. The next moment he's denying Christ. I mean, here's this inconsistent guy who failed miserably. He was so despaired of life after he denied Jesus. He says he went out and wept bitterly. In fact, he went back to fishing because he thought, what else am I going to do? He was disillusioned. He didn't have any vision of the future. Here's this disciple named Peter who was incredibly, incredibly frustrated. But Jesus said, wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And when the Holy Spirit came on Peter, just a few days later, here's the after effects of the Holy Spirit. Instead of serving in his own strength, all of a sudden he had this new power. 3,000 people started following Jesus. He started to do amazing miracles. A woman was raised from the dead. People were healed. He started to walk in victory. He was full of hope. He was full of faith and encouragement. He had this clear vision because he had the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the difference. You know, before, Jesus had walked with Peter for three years. Peter had watched miracles. He'd been there and seen the lows multiply. He saw Jesus raise the dead. He heard Jesus teaching. He was with them. He knew all about him, but he had no power. And you can know all about Jesus. I mean, you're here, you listen, you read the word, you grow. But we can know him and still be powerless. But I'm believing God wants us not to walk in our own strength, but to walk in the strength of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the prophet Zechariah says this very clearly in chapter four, verse six, when he says, you will not succeed by your own strength. Somebody needs to hear that. You've been trying hard, and I'm proud of you for trying hard, but you're not gonna succeed in your own strength and power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that today, as we hear the word of the Lord, as we wait on him, I'm believing that for you. Now, let me just sort of explain to you what the Holy Spirit does. There are many ways that he's revealed himself in Scripture, dozens and dozens, but I'm going to talk about three of them today to help us grab hold of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. The first one is the Holy Spirit is our personal life coach. He's our personal life coach. What happens is, is when we receive the power of the Spirit, we receive this life coach for free. I know some of you pay thousands of dollars for life coaches. This one's free. It says he's our helper. He's the one who directs us. In fact, in John 14, 26, we read these words. The counselor, the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. That's what the Holy Spirit comes to do. So let me unpack what this life coach does. First of all, the Holy Spirit tells us who we are. Say that with me. The Holy Spirit tells us who we are. Let me, let me make it personal. The Holy Spirit tells me who I am. The Holy Spirit tells me who I am. That's what this life coach does. In Romans chapter 8, verse 16, it says this. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Let me go back to the life of Jesus. You know, we basically know very little. You know, there's a little bit in Matthew and Luke about his birth. 
There's a little tiny story about him going to the temple, but really we have 30 hidden years. And then all of a sudden, the first thing we know about Jesus, the first revelation of Jesus is he comes to the River Jordan and he says, John, I want you to baptize me. And when he does, an amazing thing happens. The heavens open up, the spirit descends in the form of a dove and Jesus hears these words from the Father. You're my beloved son who brings me great pleasure. What launched his ministry were those words, I love you dearly and I'm so proud of you. That's what launches who we are, when we know who we are. And that's what the Spirit as our life coach comes to do. He lets us know who we are. You're his beloved child. He loves you. He cares for you in everything about your life. How you live, how you think, how you serve, how you live and move. It all comes from that knowledge that he loves you dearly. So the Holy Spirit shows us who we are. As a life coach, the Holy Spirit also shows us possibilities. The Holy Spirit opens us up to see possibilities. In fact, I want to make that a prayer again. Holy Spirit, show me possibilities. Some of you may be in circumstances, you're like, I have no idea what to do next. What's the next turn? What should I do? How should I do it? That's what the Holy Spirit comes to do. He comes to speak to us and show us so that we have the strength and the wisdom to see possibilities. And that's my prayer this weekend, that God would open up your eyes. As a life coach, the Holy Spirit also helps us know what to do. Holy Spirit, help me know what to do. Holy Spirit, help me know what to do. That's what he does as a life coach. He comes and gives us the wisdom to know what to do next, no matter how confusing or frustrating or swirling the circumstances are. In Romans 8, we read this, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. When we don't know what to do, it says you will hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is what the Holy Spirit longs to do as our life coach. Let me show you possibilities. Let me open up your thinking. Let me open up your heart. Well, not only is the Holy Spirit want to be your personal life coach, the Holy Spirit also wants to be your personal tour guide. How many of you have ever been on a really amazing tour? Isn't it great when a tour guide comes along? They usually stick up their sign and you follow them. And as you're following them, you know what to do. And that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does. He says, follow me. In John chapter 14, verse 26, here's what Jesus says. He says, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of what I've told you. Tour guides are amazing people. I, I love a good tour guide who, who helps you navigate a place. I remember one time I was in a country and I had all this money that felt like Monopoly money. I'm like, like, I don't know what this means. And so I'm getting ready to pay the guy. And the tour guide says, no, 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 you're giving him 10 times more than you're supposed to. I'm like, whoo, I was glad for that tour guide. Set me straight. A tour guide helps you navigate the culture, helps you navigate the circumstances so that you're safe and so you do the right thing. And really the Holy Spirit comes to say, follow me so that I can help you navigate this world that you're in right now to deal with the culture, to deal with the circumstances. I love a good tour guide. In fact, here's one of my favorite tour guides. Well, actually, actually, he wasn't the tour guide. He took that from the tour guide. Uh, when we were, he, Pastor Ken and Elisa, Diana were in Russia, but he may not be a tour guide, but he's my favorite pastor guide. I mean, let's hear from Pastor Ken. <laughs> so here's what a good tour guide does. The Holy Spirit shows us the way. 
Let me turn that into a prayer. Holy Spirit, show me the way. That's what he comes to do. And that's why Galatians 6, it says this, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You know, we're walking, we're walking, we're walking. Keep in step with the Spirit. He'll show you where to go and what to do. When we've let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us, He's the most amazing personal tour guide through our personal circumstances, our personal frustrations, our personal failures. He's the one who can lead us through. Well, I want to share with you about a moment when I had a really amazing tour experience. I lived in Africa for a while and had a Amazing time teaching and preaching the good news of Jesus Christ and seeing miracles and lives changed. And, and I, I loved being there. And after a couple months, uh, we hired a tour guide just to sort of show us some of the sites because we'd been working so hard. So first of all, the tour guide took us up to Kruger National Park where we saw all these amazing animals. It was beautiful. And he says, there's one more place I have to take you. It's going to blow you away. So we started driving north into Zimbabwe, and we made our way, and he said, hey, we're about 30 minutes out. Let's get out of the car for just a minute. Like, okay, so we got out, and we got out of the car. I could hear a slight sound. Like, what is that? So he said, let's get back in the car. We got in the car. We went about 15 more minutes. We were still about 15 minutes away. We got out of the car, and that sound was louder. Like, what is that? That's pretty amazing. He's like, oh, we've got 15 minutes to go. We got back in the car. We went further. And when we got out of the car and walked through the jungle, there it was, Victoria Falls. It was phenomenal. It was so beautiful. And this tour guide, I mean, there's no concrete. There's no rails. There's just jungle and water and rainbows, lots of rainbows. And he said, this is the largest falling sheet of water in the world. It's not the tallest or the widest, but because of its height and width, it's the largest waterfall in the world. It was phenomenal. But then the tour guide said, hey, trust me, let's walk over here to the edge. And we walked to the edge and he said, lay down. I'm like, what? He says, trust me, I know this place, you can do this. So we got down and we laid there and it was so amazing. All because the guide knew what he was doing. Let's give God thanks and praise for the beauty of creation, huh? God's created a beautiful world and the Holy Spirit says, look, trust me, I've been here, I know what to do. You can trust my direction. You know, honestly, I'd never gone close to that edge. I wouldn't have gotten near it if it wasn't for this guide saying, hey, don't worry, I've got this, you can do it. And that's really what the Holy Spirit comes to do. He comes so that we know where to go. He comes so that he can show us the way. Well, let me talk to you about another tour. You know, every once in a while you get to a point where you're not sure you want a tour guide. And that's where we come to understand that the Holy Spirit reveals hidden things to us. And that's what I'm praying for you, that the Holy Spirit will reveal hidden things to you. You don't know what to do. You're not sure what's next. You don't know how to make this decision. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we read these words. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But, here's the personal tour guide, God has revealed it to us by his spirit. You might not know what to do or how to do it, but God wants to 
revealed to you by the Holy Spirit, your personal tour guide for this next part of the journey. Well, many years ago, Diane and I were on a sabbatical. We took 42 days and went through Europe, and we had an amazing time. And we saw great cities, great sites. We had some great tours and great tour guides. But have you ever, like, woke up one day and was like, you know, I just don't want to do a tour. I thought, we're going to explore on our own. We're going to go out. And we were going to go to St. Peter's Square, St. Peter's Basilica, and to the Vatican. And we thought, oh, we'll go there and have a great time. But we showed up, and when we showed up, there were thousands of people in line. It was so crazy. I'm like, oh my gosh, look at all these people waiting to get in. And I overheard somebody in Italian say, cinque ore, which means five hours. I'm like, what? I'm going to stand in line for five hours to go in there? But a few minutes later, I heard a young English-speaking guy talking to a tourist, giving some directions. And I went over to him and said, hey, bud, I didn't schedule a tour. What do you think we should do? And he said, well, would you like a tour of St. Peter's? I said, definitely. He said, come with me. So he took Diane and I, and we walked down a passageway, through a gate, up some stairs, around the corner, and we turned through the doors, and in cinque minute, five minutes, we turned, and there it was, Pieta. It was a phenomenal moment. And this guide, who we hadn't scheduled, started to tell us all kinds of things we didn't know. That in 1497, Michelangelo was commissioned to build this beautiful work. And that he worked on it for years. And he often said that this was the most beautiful piece of Carrera marble he'd ever seen in his life. He went on to talk to us and show us all kinds of things. It was a beautiful moment of being there and sensing God's presence. And this guide's revealing stuff we never would have known. But then he says to me, I know I just came in with you and your wife. Do you mind if I invite other people to go with us? I'm like, sure. Now, most guides have these nice signs and flags and they hold them up and everybody follows. He just had his little water bottle and he said, hey, anybody who's listening to me talk about this, if you want to go with me the next day, just follow me. So he started off with his little water bottle to the next location. Diane and I went with him and six people joined us. He started to share a little bit more about what was going on there. And then he said, anybody want to go with us? And about 12 of us went to the next spot. By the time we went through the whole inside of St. Peter's and got to the final balcony, there were 50 of us on this tour. And the guy said, hey, you know, I know this wasn't a scheduled tour. I didn't charge you, but I work off of tips. And people were just shoving him all this money because he had showed us so many things we never would have known. And then he said, hey, I'm going to the Vatican next. Anybody want to go? Eight of us raised our hands. We were with them. Amazing tour guide. And what, what he did is he showed us things we would never have known if we just walked through and waited cinque ore, waited five hours before we got in. Well, I want to give you a little tour of maybe some things that you didn't know. Right here, in this very spot in front of me, Pastor Kenny stood here. It was one of the most frustrating days of his life. This building had been started Concrete had been poured. The walls weren't up yet. It was a crazy time. And motorcyclists were running around inside here on their motorcycles doing crazy stunts. And as they were in here, Pastor Kenny stood here discouraged and frustrated right in this very spot. And that's when he got in the car. 
And when he got in the car, he drove. And as he drove, the Holy Spirit began to speak to him. And the Holy Spirit said, Kenny, delays are not denials. Frustrations are not final. Failures. He, he poured into Pastor Kenny. And Pastor Kenny came back. And on this very spot, he stood and declared God would finish this building. God would make this a, a place of faith to touch our community. And all of you are part of the answer to what happened in this spot of discouragement that ultimately turned to a spot of hope and expectation. Right here. Let me tell you, amen. Let me tell you something else. Up here on these walls, if you look up there, all you see is paint. But the reality is, is when this building was being built, hundreds and hundreds of our cathedral faith members walked along these walls and wrote scriptures. In fact, you can see Pastor Dewey, one of our pastors, writing a scripture up there. On these walls are hundreds of scriptures that serve as a banner over your life. On these walls are scriptures that God's not finished. He has a hope and future for you. There's scriptures up there about God's healing power, God's strength. There's scriptures up there about God's incredible love for you. All those things, every time you walk in this building, those are banners over your life. You may not see them, but they're up there as banners and promises over your life. L let me tell you one more. L take a look up top here. You see these beams? This is called the crown. Jesus wore a crown of thorns, but after he died and rose again, he received a victor's crown as king of kings and lord of lords. And here's what's going to happen. One day, you and I are going to wear that victor's crown in heaven. And all the things that we experience here will be gone. Their temporariness of them are over. And every time you raise your hands in here to worship and you see those beams, every time you lift your head in praise, know that you're going to be victorious. God is working for you. God is working in you. He has a plan for you. He's not finished yet. So you might not have known about Pastor Kenny's spot or the walls or the crown, but the reality is... That's what the Spirit does. He reveals hidden things to us. And there may be things you don't know right now, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, He wants to reveal them to you. Let's talk about one more area in which the Holy Spirit serves as a tour guide. The Holy Spirit gives us a different perspective. Let's say that together. The Holy Spirit gives us a different perspective. In fact, that's my prayer. Holy Spirit, give me a different perspective. We don't always see clearly. We don't always see it the way he sees it. Now, Diane and I have been on hundreds of tours, and it's been great. But here's what John 16, 13 says. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. What the spirit does is he gives you a different perspective than you would have had. Now, I grew up in Europe. I lived there for many years. I've been, I've been privileged to be there and spend great times but one of my favorite tours of all kind, all time, happened when Di and I were in Paris. I love this city. It's been my privilege. I've been there dozens and dozens of times. I know this city like the back of my hand. But one time, we took a tour that gave us a completely different perspective. We took a tour with a French chef. We met her at the market that morning. We went through and we picked out what was fresh. We went to her house with a few other couples. We, 
worked all morning learning French cooking techniques, got all kinds of great insights about French lifestyle. We sat down to a five-course meal that was incroyable. We had an amazing time. And then afterwards, she took us to about 15 different shops, spice shops, boulangerie, fromagerie, patisserie. We went to all these shops. By the time I finished that tour, I had a completely different perspective on Paris than I'd ever had in my whole life. Why? Because that's what that tour guide did. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. The Holy Spirit wants to give you a different perspective on that person, on that circumstance, on your circumstances, on who you are and what you're doing. The Holy Spirit, as our personal tour guide, says, hey, let me show you something different than what you're seeing. You might feel stuck. You might be in that size nine tight place, but God's like, I've got more. Let me open your eyes. Let me show you. So the Holy Spirit comes to be our, our personal life coach. He comes to be our t- personal tour guide. But take a look at the screens. There's also another way the Spirit reveals himself. Good morning. May I help you? Yes, please. If all it took to keep your car running was gasoline, you wouldn't really need the service your independent Texaco retailer can give. But Texaco knows you need service just as you need quality products for your car. You want the windshield and the rear windows sparkling clean. You might want the tires checked. And the wipers, too. And a check under the hood. You'll be glad to check the battery, oil, fan belt, and radiator. When you need service, you need a Texaco service station. At Texaco, we're working to keep your trust. I'm sure some of you remember the days when you would pull into a full-service gas station and you'd pull up and the attendant would come running out and they would help you, they would ask you questions, they would look at your vehicle, They would make sure it was roadworthy. And the Holy Spirit is like your personal attendant. The Greek word is actually helper. The Holy Spirit is your helper. That's why Paul writes in Ephesians, be filled with the Spirit. Say that with me. Be filled with the Spirit because we need the Spirit as our attendant to help us know what to do, to help us know where to go, to help us know what's next. Well, I think you might have noticed some of the things that this attendant does. You know, in some states, it's illegal to pump your own gas. They still have attendants. But, you know, they always charge more when they have those. When I was in college, my first car was a Gran Torino. And honestly, I was more focused on studies, friends, fun, falling in love with Diane. I didn't spend a whole lot of time focusing on my car. And one day... I was on fumes. Anybody ever been there? I think I can make it. I think I can make it. And the only service station I saw, the only gas station that I saw was one with those full service guys. And it was going to be so much money. But I pulled in anyway. And when I pulled in, you know, the guy started doing all the stuff. And he opened the hood and he said, do you know that you're almost out of fluid in your radiator? Like, what? He's like, yeah, there's no antifreeze in there. Like, what? So he filled it up with antifreeze and water. It's like, I would have blown my head gasket. But honestly, to 
have true confession here. Six months later, I did blow the head gasket <laughs> because I forgot to check the antifreeze. But notice what that guy did in the picture. He got out, first thing he did was clean the windows. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit cleans us up. The Holy Spirit cleans us up. Holy Spirit is my attendant, come clean me up. David writes in Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So first of all, we've got this guy cleaning the back windows. And what the Holy Spirit comes to do is like, hey, I need you to see your past clearly. I need to make sure that when you look back at your past, you see it through my eyes and not just through the mistakes or failures or abuse or frustrations or difficulties or losses or grieves that you have. I want to make sure that you see out the back window clearly and see your past the way I see it because I want to redeem it and use it. But Holy Spirit also, like the attendant cleaning the front window, saying, I need you to be able to see clearly where you're headed. I want to show you the next step. I want to show you What's coming next? And so the Holy Spirit cleans us up. In fact, I have a question for you. How clean do you feel? I mean, really, that's what the Spirit wants to do, to clean our hearts, our minds, our spirits, to clean us so that he can work in us. So here's another thing the Holy Spirit does as our attendant. The Holy Spirit points us to potential problems. He helps us see things that we wouldn't have known on our own. So that same day when I pulled in and the radiator was low, the guy pulled out his little tool and started to check my tires. And so as he was checking my tires, he said, hey, dude, not only is your radiator fluid low, but um, there's steel showing on all four of your tires. Anybody remember those old radial tires? The steel was sticking out. He's like, you're going to have a flat. That attendant, if he wouldn't have spotted that, I could have had one, two, three, or four flats on the interstate there in Missouri had he not pointed out. And that's really what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to point us to potential problems. My attitude's getting out of place. There's too much steam building up under my hood. There's stuff going on. In John 16, Jesus says this about the Holy Spirit. It says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes to clean us up and to show us potential problems. Saying, hey, Wayne, your attitude's getting out of place. Wayne, you're getting a little critical. Wayne, you're not seeing this the right way. The Holy Spirit comes to help us. I'm so glad I didn't have a flat tire. I'm so glad the guy spotted the potential problems. And I am so grateful for the Holy Spirit who comes to help us see potential problems, the Holy Spirit comes to help us know what to do, but also the Holy Spirit fills us up. And that's my prayer for this weekend. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Romans 15, 13 says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit is our personal attendant? Amen. Where's Pastor Rick? Pastor Rick, why don't you, this is our cathedral pit crew. They're going to take the car back out. It's got enough gas and air for now. Let's hear it for our pit crew. In fact, if you would like to help us, we'd sure love to have you help us out uh, on weekends with the sermons. By being part of our tech team, you can either see Pastor Rick Make your way to one of the guest centers afterwards. We'd love to have you help us with all this. But let me go back and talk for a minute about this. The Holy Spirit fills us up. 
He wants to fill you right now. All these things we talked about, revelation, insight, cleaning up, power. Let's go back to that illustration of Peter and what happened with him. Before the Holy Spirit, he served in his own strength. He was inconsistent. He despaired. He had fear and disillusionment. He had a reduced vision and great frustration. But when the Spirit came on him, something changed. And you might find yourself in this before section. I'm frustrated. I've got fear. I can't see where I'm going. I'm feeling inconsistent. And the Holy Spirit is saying to you, if you will be filled with the Spirit, you'll be able to walk in victory. You'll be full of hope. You'll have faith. You'll have encouragement. You'll have a clear vision of what could be. You will have great power. And that's my prayer for this weekend, that you would receive the power of the Holy Spirit, that he would fill you up to do all those things. And that's just the tip of the iceberg of all the things the Spirit can do. We want to go. And he says, wait, wait, wait. Don't go in your own power. Don't go in your own strength. Trust in me. In Romans chapter 15, we read these words. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you would overflow. That's the Spirit comes to overflow us with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to fill us up. He wants to fill you up. And I don't know where you are in your journey. I don't know whether today you need a life coach or you need a tour guide or you need an attendant. But the Holy Spirit is here to power us up. I want to invite you to stand with me. And in these next few moments, we're going to wait. I know you might be ready to go, but it's time to wait. <laughs> and here's how we're going to do it. The worship team's going to come out. They're going to lead us, inviting the Holy Spirit to work in us. And I want you to make an altar. And there's several ways you can do that. You might just want to hold your hands in front of you. You might want to raise your hands. You might want to kneel wherever you are on campus. Or I invite some of you to take a step of faith and make your way here in the sanctuary to the altar, in the amphitheater to the altar, in, the, in each of the places outside in the, in the cars. You might want to just make your way to the screen. Come and make an altar. A moment to say, God, I can't do this on my own. I can't do this on my own strength. I need insight, I need wisdom, I need direction, I need revelation, I need cleaning. I don't know what your need is, but the Holy Spirit's here to power you up right now. And so as the worship team comes to lead us, I just invite you to make an altar. Wait on the Lord. Let him fill you with the Spirit. Bless your name.
lift our hands wherever we're at. one of us here, you know where we are in the journey. Some of us need you to show us who we are. Some of us need to understand that we're your beloved. Some of us need to see possibilities where it seems impossible. Some of us need help to know what to do next. We need your Holy Spirit. Show us the way. Reveal things that we don't know. Give us a different perspective. Clean us up. Strengthen us. Heal us. Work in us. Point out potential issues in our lives, but most of all, fill us with your spirit, Lord. Oh, God, we can't do this without you. This year, we need your power. We need your strength. Lord, you know every story that's listening right now, every person in this room and around campus and online, you know their story, and you, Holy Spirit, want to come and fill them Lord, like Peter, some of us know you. We've been hanging around you. We know all about Jesus, but we don't have the power. 
We need your power, Holy Spirit. There's more than just receiving Jesus. There's a daily life of being filled with the Spirit. Fill us. I just declare your scripture. Be filled with the Spirit. 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 Lord, give us your perspective. Thank you. You're so good. You're so good. You are more than enough. You are more than enough. And Lord, for those of us who have been going along fine in our own strength, show us the restrictions of that size nine life. You've got more, more power, more opportunity. Teach us how to wait upon you. Let's just give God thanks and praise for his faithfulness. He's an amazing God. He's so good all the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We glorify your name, Lord Jesus. You're worthy of blessing and honor and praise. Fill us up, Lord. Fill us with expectation. Fill us with your power. Fill us with hope, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Romans chapter 15, there's a declaration that Paul makes, and here's what he prays over the people. He says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and fill you with all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe God's empowering us for amazing 2022. And one of the ways you can tell you're filled with the Spirit, you'll be full of joy, you'll be full of peace, you'll be full of hope, just like that passage says. I would encourage you, after service, if you want personal prayer out of the amphitheater, our pastors and prayer leaders will be out there to pray with you specifically. If you haven't signed up for the Ignite Marriage Conference yet, I encourage you to do so, to bring full hope and joy and peace to your family. But also, as a tour guide, I'd like to invite some of you, if you're interested, next September, we're going to be taking, I'm going to take with Pastor Kit, Pastor Kurt, a group of people to the Holy Land. I'd love to be your tour guide and show you where Jesus walked at the center guest wall in the back. There's some information on that. We've already got 35 people going. We've got room for 20 more. It's filling up fast. I'd love to have you join us. But most of all, I want to speak God's blessing on you right now. And here's the blessing that Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 13. He said, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God, and may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God bless you. We love you. Have a great week in the Lord. <laughs>